0: You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. I, I woke up with a, with a message in my spirit this morning, and it's a little bit it's it's a little bit reactionary to what's happened this week, and that's okay because I believe we need to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it this morning, and we're gonna we're gonna say, you will not leave not knowing what we believe or what the bible says about what's happening in our nation right now okay amen we will not do this at, we will not weekly be talking heads of of fox or cnn we you know and talking about the current events of every day but but this current event is it lines up well this current event is so important to the body of christ and where we're going as a church and where and what's happened Um, Because I believe this, I believe that there was a national principality because there was a national agreement over the nation. The nation had made a national agreement, um, willingly or unwillingly, but because we are in, um, because we are part, we are members, we are citizens of the kingdom of the United States. There was a national agreement that was made and that agreement was that it is, it is, constitutional and we approve, we shook hands with the idea of the approval of killing the unborn. So this week we came out of a national agreement. And, and so like, like watch, watch what happens. Now we need to continue to pray for Oregon and Washington and California and, and, and the, the West coast strongholds. The West Coast uh, Gang of Intimidation. Um, But there is a national principality that's back was broken this week. And that's a big deal. And there's prophetic words. My dad told me about a prophetic word yesterday. And I went and started listening to it where a guy last year said, in 2022, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And it will be... (sighs) It will be an ushering to the third great awakening. And he said, "Watch what happens in your churches. Watch what happens with with words that have been spoken that have felt frozen, things that have felt like you're in slow motion, things that have felt like you're in you're in spiritual quicksand, and the words that you've been declaring and decreeing. We we've been decreeing a thing, and when you decree a thing, we believe and it comes to pass, right?" So job says and so it's it's like some of those decrees have been stuck they have felt like it's been stuck or it's felt delayed and I think there's there's something in the spiritual realm that's happened that's been it's been um, torn open in the spiritual realm so just just agree with that but here's here's the thing that, that I want to, to oh there's so much church and i have such little time there is so much inside of me this morning. Um, deception comes when we don't praise God or honor him as God. Deception of all kinds comes when we don't honor or praise God. Romans chapter one. If you if you have your Bibles turn to Romans chapter one, verse 16, which by the way, this is not a season in life to be ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to frame this whole conversation. I want to let you know that it is framed in love that we're having this morning. That if any person has had an abortion, will have an abortion in the future, they are welcome at the collective church. They are welcome into our home and in our hearts and into our families. And we will champion them with the love of Jesus. This is not about condemnation. This is actually about healing for those who have gone through abortions, who have been in unthinkable situations, and our hearts break for them. In fact, God is near to the brokenhearted. He's near to people who are in pain, who are are suffering. He is near. So, but this is not a season to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, you will suffer persecution for some of the things I'm going to talk about this morning. You will be persecuted. There will be opposition. <clears throat> just, just that's the bottom line. But know that the, the world hates Jesus and doesn't hate you. It actually hates Jesus. It hated him first. And because Jesus lives inside of you and his spirit lives inside of you, the world, there's a, there is a hatred for for people. And, and it's, and again, it's not because of you, but it's because of who you're aligned with. So just like, like see Jesus as the backstop and just say, you know what, Jesus, I, this feels like it's against me, but it's actually against you. It's actually against um, anyone right now. Who's going to build their house on the solid rock. It's because it, it, listen, our politics and our actions are framed by our theology, not the other way around. Our politics and our actions and how we live and how we think and how we go about life is not framed by our emotions, by our sympathy or by our empathy. It's by our theology of, of who we believe that God is and what we believe that God's word says. And so if our house is built on the solid foundation of the rock, he says that our house will stand. When the waves come, when the winds blow, Listen. North is still north. When the winds blow, I, I posted something yesterday. When the in the middle of a, hor- a hurricane, north is still north. In the middle of a flood, north is still north. If people hate me, north is still north. If people uh, revile you and reject you, north is still north. And, and you know what? what G- Jesus said. Jesus said, "Stay." Basically, he said, "Stay the path." You know, um, And I'm I'm paraphrasing here because this is what he was trying to get across. He said, he's basically like, hey, stay in your lane and stay on the path that I've put you on. And then wisdom will, um, your decision making will be shown to be right by the fruit of it in the long run. So just know that in the long run, it's going to be like the the, the children of wisdom will be seen in the long run. Does that make sense? He's telling his disciples because they're like, Jesus, why don't. Your disciples do this or that. Why do you do this and that? And he said, "Hey, w- wisdom is is shown to be right by her children. In essence, in the long run, this is the long game. And so, in the short term, there will be hatred. There will be who knows what's what's what they're going to try to pass legislatively um, in regards to hate speech, in regards to you know what this looks like. But we just have to stay our course, knowing that that ultimately." We win. We win. And, and love wins, but it's, I'm saying that not in the same way that the world says that. But love will win. Love will win. And, and guess what? When people um, walk through deep waters, they want to find, um, they want to go to people who that they know are anchored and secure. I, listen, I've I've had people from my past uh, reach out to me because they're at the end of their rope. People that I never, ever, ever, ever probably would have not have not agreed with me. Probably who like lifestyle wise of who I was in high school of all those things, and have, they later in life have reached out to me and said, I like I knew I could call you, and I knew because I know that you're anchored in something in truth. So, like, wisdom is shown to be right by her children. Okay, so, in, but this has to get across this morning. This has to, like, stir in our spirits. And I'm, in, I'm like, pastorally, I'm, like, if I could just come in and, and reach into your heart and change your heart, I would, but I can't, so it has to be the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do that in my own heart, but it has to be the Holy Spirit. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news About Christ or the gospel. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. Verse 17 This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Um, Here's where I want to camp out verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. Let that not be said of anyone in this room this morning anyone one part of the collective family. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. That's even in our worship service, friends. I'm just going to be really honest. We know God, but if we're if we're not going to worship Him as God or give Him thanks, it is the breeding ground for confusion. It is the breeding ground for confusion. He says. Okay. I want you to watch what happens. Watch what happens when we don't praise God. Watch what happens. And I'm sure on a, on, on on some sort of level, you can track this in, in your life when there's been a season where you've turned from God. We've all had seasons in our, in our life where we've gone like, hey, I want to take the flesh for a test drive. See how that goes. Right? Well, we so we've seen this work. It's like, You know, we talk about deception being wrapped in smoke. Pride is is a wrapping in smoke, meaning we can't see clearly. How that enters is through a lack of acknowledging him as God and worshiping him as God. Okay? Listen to this. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Holy moly. There is a clear path, friends, what happens when we stop worshiping God, honoring God, and putting him in his rightful place. The the, the clear path is this, that minds become dark and they become confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned. So, so what happened? Did God curse them? Did God put a spell on them? Did God, you know, no, he just said, okay, if you're going to walk out from the, from under the umbrella, I'm just going to like do what you're going to do. Have you ever had your kids rebel before? And instead of like going, (laughs) I should have let you answer that first. Have you ever had your kids rebel before? Okay. So, um, and then when they do, have you ever been like prompted by the Holy Spirit to go, okay. Like do it then. On On a small level, I remember Ashton's first kickback, his first rebellion. He was such a good child. I mean, you could look at him. I mean, if he thought that there was an ounce of disappointment in, in, Heather and I's eyeballs he was a mush he was a pile of mush he was a wreck because he wanted to please mom and dad and I remember one time I said hey put your coat on we're, we're going and he said no I was like no how dare you No, but I felt the Holy Spirit say Let, like this isn't a big deal. this isn't like a sin issue <laughs> it's a coat issue and so so for the rest of that day he suffered the consequences of not having a coat. So the next time we went out and he heard the wisdom of his father, you should bring a coat. He said, yes, I'm going to bring a coat. Right? So he was abandoned to the consequences of not wearing a coat. Now, was I an evil parent because he got wet and cold that day? No, because actually I had laid out a plan for him to follow that was good and Full of godly wisdom and righteous. Wear a dang coat. Th- that's what this is talking about. They're abandoned. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the. Okay, vile and degrading things with each other's bodies, I would also classify as, as an abortion. Sexual sin. Um, They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And it just goes on and on. And it's a really gross list of things that happen when our flesh is abandoned unto itself. And there are no parameters. There is no guidance of the spirit. Okay, I have been when I say that I've been appalled. It is the understatement of the week, of the year, of the century. I have been appalled at Christians who who have been voicing their opinion that they are sad about what has happened this past week because they believe that a good God, a good Jesus, a kind Jesus, a benevolent Holy Spirit would want the woman to be able to end. Their pregnancy, and that it it, that it is somehow misogynistic, somehow it is it is overreaching, it is white the white patriarchy, it is somehow a a wrong um, narrative that the church has in this area. Can I just tell you that that um, in Proverbs chapter six? Verse 16 through 19. So we're just going to see what the Bible has to say about this. Can we, just do, can we do that this morning? I realize this might be an echo chamber, but we need to know why we believe. We need to know why we believe what we believe. And that we're actually, we actually are standing on the rock and the truth of God's word. Okay? Because um, followers of Jesus, we don't have the, op- the option to establish our own moral standards based on my own logic my political party position or cultural norms. Does that make sense? Like, like it seems the, like the word love is love seems like it's very, it's coming from a good place. Like love is love. Like just like let everyone do what feels good to them. That's actually called idolatry and worshiping yourself. (laughs) Sorry to break it to you. Um, That's actually idolatry. It's, I'm actually worshiping myself. I'm worshiping uh, who I think is God, but actually I've I've placed my own face, my own body, my own self, I've actually placed on God and said, "I I will look like God. I want to be God. And because I feel really bad for people that are in tough situations. So I would like them to have to make a choice that would make them happy and make their life easier. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound Pollyanna? Doesn't that sound good? Like if you love somebody, I just want you to be able to love them. I don't care what, they're, what they are, what their gender is, what anything is. I just want you to be able to love them. That sounds benevolent. That sounds nice. That sounds, but it's idolatry. We're actually serving a God who looks like me. It's a, it's an image, and and it's itself, and that's why I wake up dead is so important because we're dying to self, and we're not just dying to the flesh. And when it comes to addictions, you know, and when it comes to like like things that we struggle with in life, but we're also dying to self when it comes to what the Word of God says about these cultural issues. We're actually dying and saying. Oh, God, I wish it was a different way, but God, it's not. And actually, your way is better. And actually, your way, there's no regret. And actually, in your way, it's completely redemptive. And actually, in your way, you take that which seems broken and too far gone, and you restore it. And actually, you God, you breathe life into it and do exceedingly abundantly above all... all anything we could imagine or think in those situations. Now, listen, church, we are not deaf. We are not deaf to tough situations. We can empathize and say, this is tough. There are some, there is evil in the world. There is evil that happens to women 100%. And we can empathize and we can sympathize that with, with that all day long. And we can, we can mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. But at the end of the day, we understand that we serve a God who turns, like we sang it this morning, who turns graves into gardens. Like who turns, who who levels mountains and brings up valleys. That's who our God is. And we've seen it too many times where somebody has walked through the valley of the shadow of death when it comes to these issues and they have trusted God and they've trusted that the word of God was true no matter, like north is north. No matter if there is rape or incest, or some of the most disgusting, gross things that we, that, that absolute evil from the pit of hell, north is still north. And, and when we trust God, and when we believe God, and when we proclaim the truth, listen to what, what happens. God takes the, the grossest situation, the, 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 the most evil situation, and he will breathe his life on it, and he will turn it around, to something that is good. So don't get caught in a narrative that's that's that sounds good or that sounds culturally appropriate or that sounds like I'll I'll be more accepted if I say it this way. The reality is is that in in Proverbs chapter six, yo, yo Hearing what I'm saying this morning, I'm I'm passionate. I cannot. I like literally cannot believe. I was telling Bob earlier. I was like, I cannot believe the things that I am reading online the last couple of days. I I I literally can't believe it. I when when we went through when the the race stuff was happening two years ago, race stuff was happening. When when there when that was the focus. I you know, there's part of me that was like. Do we have to even say anything? Like we believe in the gospel. The gospel is like implicit that like there is no racism in the gospel. None. Like we're all, we all become one in Christ Jesus, right? So I was like, we don't even need to say anything. We're all good. And then we got blasted. We got murdered for not saying anything. So then we, then, we, then we said something. So I was like, okay, I guess people need to know what our position is. And it was like, whoa, you said too much. It's too far. It's too much. We ain't no woke church. I'm like, what? Wait, what? So so when it came to this, you know, Jenny and I were talking yesterday, and, and it was like, hey, you know, people need to know the, the, our position when it comes to abortion. And I'm like, they do? I was like, it's pretty obvious. We believe in the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ, like that, like implicitly the murder of another human being is not part of the gospel of Jesus. That's not part of the good news. You know, that's not good news. And so I'm like, no, we don't need to, we don't need to do that because I mean, people, people will know. And then I'm like, and then I'm reading what people are, I'm thinking we have we have known god but not worshiped him as god therefore our mar- our minds have become dark and confused and now people that are the, the bible says that in the end days that people will call evil good and good evil that will be a hallmark and people are calling right now the church people inside of the church are saying actually what's what's the pro- what the problem is is the church the institution of the church for propagating this and you know if the church would have stood up and done something. And um, can I just tell you something really quick? Well, no, I'm going to read this first. Folks, I, we could, yeah. Just pray, pray, intercede for me right now. Intercede for me. Um, Proverbs 6, 16 says, there are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, Hands that kill the innocent. Did you catch that? Hands that kill the innocent. A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who sows discord in a family. Six thing the Lord's six things the Lord hates, no seven. Hands that kill the innocent. Don't you see that God has a better way? His ways are better. That's why we look at these things and we say, God, you're, it's 2022. This whole no sex before marriage thing, this whole sex out of wedlock thing, like, how antiquated can we get here? Do, are, are you starting to see the parameters that God set up so we wouldn't even be in the mess that we're in now? Jesus is like, I'm super pro choice. You had a choice whether or not, uh-oh, this is getting, am I going Am I going here? I'm going here. There, there, there was a choice. For the most part, there was a choice to jump past some guardrails that the Holy Spirit has asked you to set up in your life. And because you jumped the guardrails, now we're in a place where there's something that's unwanted. That's where Jesus is pro-choice. And he gives us a choice. And he could, He loves us so much. And that's the goodness of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that we have free will. We are not forced to love him, but he gives us free will. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Read a couple more verses. I'm just going to kind of go through four, four things really quick. Y'all, y'all with me? Um, four things. Number one, we as a church believe that unborn babies are human lives. So so where does the collective church stand? I'm, I'm just, We're just going to go over that really quick. We as a church believe that unborn babies are human lives. We believe this because the Bible says it. Psalms 139. I want to read Psalms 139. It's so good. It's so good. This is not about nanny, nanny, boo, boo. We won. You didn't win. We're better than you. Look at us now. We're no, no, no. In fact, can I just tell you some of the things that I've seen on social media on the pro-life side have made me sick as well. Some, some of some of the some of the things that I've seen on, on that side have, have. I told Jenny. I said it's an untuned trumpet. You know, she talked about the, the trumpet and when it's too sharp and when it's too flat and then how beautiful it is when it's right on. In fact, we had a trumpet player on Monday night at Youth. Um, one of the, one of the young, young people that go to House of Youth and um, it was, you can't hide the trumpet, right? It's not like, hey, just stay in the back and, um, you know, no one will know you're there. Everyone knows you're there. And there was a few moments where he he hit some notes that were like, oh, and I mean, there is something that just like goes, whoa, like that. You you just can't hide it. You can't hide it. Then there were moments. Listen to me. There were moments when he hit some runs and he and they had some these syncopated parts where they they hit with everybody else. And it was like so beautiful. And it was like, (sighs) oh. It was so gorgeous because it was it was a trumpet that was in tune. So there's there's been things that have been out of tune. Um, Psalms one thirty nine says this. This is such a great passage. This is all about God knowing us. By the way, this is He's examined like He knows us, right? It says this. Um, oh, the whole it's so good. The whole thing is just, I want to read the whole thing, but I won't. Verse 13 says, you made all of my delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Do you hear that? You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is so is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, You are still with me. Somebody said amen to that. How good is that? That's our our God who knows us and who has known us since the sperm hit the egg. Since conception, since DNA strands were formed in that moment. He's loved us and he's known us and he's fashioned us together. So number one, number two, because the Bible and science confirm the personhood of unborn babies, regardless of their origin... This includes rape, incest, horrible situations that grieve the Lord and us as a church. Abortion is murder. The Bible, human reason, and natural law all tell us that murder is the greatest evil against humanity. Number two. Number three. I, I, I want I to let you know that there's a lie being propagated that the church hasn't done anything when it comes to families and kids. That's the biggest lie. Do, do you realize that orphanages, crisis pregnancy centers, uh, foster is, is primarily funded by the Church of Jesus Christ around the world? Like, like 10, 25 to 1 every every you can't even comprehend in the world right now and pastor daniel could tell you what world missions giving has done for kids around the world compared to what the world does to compare to what governments do, it is not even a close second. Like it is, we are, the church is far and away. Now, are we gonna have to step it up? Yes. Is Is the collective church gonna step it up? 100%. We're gonna be giving more to foster care. We're gonna be giving more to crisis pregnancy centers and actually involving ourselves and actually volunteering, actually being a part. Some of you, God's gonna ask you to foster. Some of you, God's going to ask you to adopt. Some of you, God's going to ask you to disciple pregnant mamas to get attached to a crisis pregnancy center and walk alongside of some pregnant mamas. So I'm gonna say amen. We have the grace for it, church. The grace is here for it right now. So the church already finances nearly every pregnancy center for every abortion clinic. Um, just alone in Texas, there are nine pregnancy centers funded by churches. Like, so, so don't buy the lie. The church is doing a good work. We, we gave the largest offering that the foster with love foster care has ever received from a church this last year. And I want to, I want to match that or double that with our next offering and just bless their socks off. Amen. Um, and then the fourth thing is the responsibility of a Christian living in a democracy is to be Christians everywhere we go, and that includes our civic involvement. Don't just pray the kingdom come on earth, but do what brings the kingdom to earth. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Ultimately, Jesus is still on the throne. Thank you Jesus. God's way is better. Lord, we just we just declare right now. We want to build our house on the solid rock of the word of God. It's like a man who who heard the word and did the word. It's like the man who built his house on the rock. And the rains came, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and the house stood it stood solid, it stood strong. But the foolish man is likened to one who hears the word of God and does not put it into practice. And the rain, he builds on the sand and the rains came and the wind blows and the house goes splat. So Father, we thank you this morning for the eternal word of God that is useful and profitable for teaching, for correction, for training, for discipling. We we thank you for the eternal word of God. We thank you, God, that your ways are better than our ways. Lord, I pray for every single person that's a part of the collective church. I pray that every uh, ounce of deception, every ounce of of mind-binding, confusing spirits would have to go in Jesus' name. God, where there's been any confusion, where we've started to go to, to question or, we, or we've started to uh, veer off, God, of, of from your truth, Father, I pray that you would graciously bring us back into alignment right, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your love is chasing people down right now in this season. Lord, I pray for every mom, every pregnant woman right now in Portland, Oregon that is in distress. Father, that is that sees abortion as the only way out. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would arrest her heart. Father, I pray that we as the church would mobilize. I thank you for prophetic words, for words of knowledge. Father, I pray, Father, that go there, that they would see another way There would be another way. And God, that you would intervene right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that the, our national principality has been broken in this area. We thank you, Father, for the move of God that's coming. And Father, we just we say we wanna be those who praise you, who see you as God and honor you as God and praise you as God so that we will not be confused, so that we will not be abandoned over or given over to our own ideas or what seems wise. To to us or what seems right to a man. Father, but I thank you that we have the mind of Christ, that we have the mind of Christ—a renewed mind that is that is being regenerated and renewed. Father, that our brain trails would be uh, kingdom brain trails. Father, that that our, our mind would would think about the things of God and the kingdom of God. Our dreams would be about the things of God and the kingdom of God. Angels ascending and descending. Father, we thank you right now, in the name of Jesus, and we pray. God, for for that spirit of confusion over the church to be broken right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray, and I just thank you for the love of God, the love of God, for every person who's been involved in evil, that you're chasing them down, that you're bringing them home. And, Father, we declare as a church, we will not stand. When people make... Decisions to change, God. When you arrest their heart, we will not stand in judgment. We will, but we will be standing with open arms to receive every person who is hurting, who is lost, who is broken. That we would bring them into the family of God and love them back to health, love them back, disciple them back into health. Father God, we thank you for in Jesus' name. Would you just write where you're standing? Just ask the Holy Spirit right now, because we're all a part of this, friends this 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 decision this last week impacts every single person in this room male or female because why because we're part of the kingdom of god and part of our assignment is to reconcile people back to jesus That's actually part of all of our assignments is that our hearts would be reconciled back to the father and that he would use us to reconcile other people back to the father. So right now, would you just ask the Holy spirit Say, Holy spirit? What do you have for my family to do? What do you have for my family to do? How can we as a collective family, but then as our, as our, um, it's our natural family, Lord. How, me as a person, me as, as 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 a man, as a husband, as a father, God, what can I do to be a part of the solution? Thank you, Holy Spirit. For some of you, it might be it might be short term foster care. For some of you, it might be long term foster care. For some of you, it's gonna be God's gonna use you to finance. Um foster care programs, adoption programs, orphanages. Like part of what we're doing in Mexico is a part of this. It's a part of the plan of God. It's a part of taking care of widows and orphans. what so James says that true and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, is that we take care of orphans and widows in their time of need and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So Father, we thank you right now. God, what are you asking us to do at the Collective Church? To pray for, to support, to, to support a local crisis pregnancy center, to to, to volunteer with love, to volunteer at a foster care organization, to, to mobilize, to help mobilize. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're asking each and every one of us, God, to be a part of taking care of children. You told the disciples, he said, Don't, don't, don't keep the kids from me. Let the let the little children come unto me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. For what you're gonna. Lord, I just I just thank you ahead of time what you're going to do with the collective church when it comes to this. Lord, I, th- I pray that we're gonna give more than we've ever given before. God, we're going to serve more than we've ever served before. We're going to take care of more kids than we've ever taken care of before in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for a kid's church to be rocking. I pray, Father, for more workers. Uh, We just pray that you send out laborers into the harvest field, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for salvations to be um, happening across our city as people feel the love the tangible love of the Spirit of God. And Lord, I just pray again for every woman right now who is in a tough spot, that they would feel the presence of God, that they would know your nearness, O God, that you're closer than their skin, that you're closer than their breath. Father, that you're near to the brokenhearted. We thank you for it, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Would you, would you do me this as a tangible action? If you, if there's somebody in your family, if there's somebody that you know that is in crisis right now, would you text the, the church um, texting number and let us know so that we can be a part of helping to resource them, benevolence, whatever, whatever we need to do. Okay. Right now, companies are saying, whatever we need to do to get you an abortion, we're going to do that. We're going to fly you. We're going to pay all the, listen, as the church, if it's not the same way as the church, we've missed the boat. So would you text us? If you know somebody who's in crisis, who is in that place of decision, text us and we will get them services. We will get them what they need in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.